Borak Dung or Flitz. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 144th episode of oh, Space Oh, Yeah. A podcast How did where, we get here? Where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own Galaxy's Greatest Comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode recovered in 2000 AD for March 1986, progs 459 to 462. This time, Halo Jones fights the fast forward war. Johnny Alpha gets to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> The, oh my god, I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, buddy. The the chicken agents get high. The new oh, yeah. kid returns to Judge Dredd. We reach the end of the Tomb of Terror, and we've now got a full gross of episodes. Oh, it's the grossest episode ever, because it's 144. Uh, I do not understand that. Because a, a hundred like a dozen dozens is, is a gross, man. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. You never like you never like gone in like like a like a there's this one company that makes like 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 weird stuff like bouncy balls and other like like pencils and other th- like the Oriental okay. Trading Company it's called and like they sell stuff by the gross so like oh that's how I don't know if you ever heard like do you remember that one time when we were working together and I bought like a thousand bouncy balls like, yeah I, that I, was awesome yeah I that's where I got it from anyhow oh. <laughs> A thousand bouncy balls, by the way, everybody, incredibly heavy. Anyway, oh, I, I mean, we had a lot of fun. I remember you letting loose just like a handful of them, and yeah. it was just chaos. It'll destroy your day, absolutely. So, anyhow, if you oh want to read God. along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd: The Complete Case, Files Nine, The Complete Ace Trucking, Volume Two, The Ballad of Halo Jones, Book Three, Slaying the King, and Strontium Dog, Search Destroy Agency, Files Three. And just so you know, Fox and I, it's we're recording this like. Like two days oh. before Christmas, and it's very exciting. Yeah, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, listeners, Merry Christmas, Conrad. It's our, uh, it's our Christmas, but not Christmas episode. We're right, after as Christmas. As opposed to our actual series. Christmas episode, which was like four episodes ago. <laughs> oh my God, what did we do then? What were we talking about? Well, I, mean, I don't like, remember. It was just that, like, we were covering the December comics on. Like and the, oh. the episode came out on Christmas on like Christmas Eve basically. Okay, but that was the one where like uh, where like Mean Machine like went to that family's house for Christmas. Oh fuck yeah! And he went all crazy. That was great. And he headbutted that guy to make him explode and stuff. <laughs> and he was still okay afterwards. Yeah, he was fine. Like Mean Machine's basically unkillable at this point. He's got like zombie powers or something. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> I love that he's the, the last surviving one. Yeah, totally. Ah, memories. Yeah, so speaking of of surviving, Fox, or maybe not surviving, it's Thrill One, the Ballad of Halo Jones. God, just like, welcome back to beta, and also, (laughs) nothing's changed. I mean, it's vaguely changed. Yeah, so script robot Alan Moore, art robot Ian Gibson, letter robot Richard Starkings. So last time we saw Halo Jones leave the army, but she she re-enlisted right at the end of the episode. She's getting unpacked when her old pal, pal Mona tells her that the platoon is about to move out to Warzone 8, from Warzone 18 to the planet Moab, Moab, and buddy, that's Warzone 1. So apparently it's like the big deal. I, I like how Kurt uh, Halo is. She's just like, hi, Mona. Yeah, I cut my hair. Just like everything's just uh, really dismissive until they say that they're going to Moab and that just like breaks her brain. Yeah, she drops all her stuff, like like her picture of Rodice breaks and stuff like that. Yeah, because like, you know, 
you think you're gonna like she's rejoined the army to kind of find sense but like warzone one that sounds real bad um yeah i i do like that she's got a new collective of people including um life sentence yeah with her ear necklace and stuff like that but she's got a new ragtag group because if you remember from last time because halo jones is consistent with making you feel real sad all of everybody died yeah i mean <laughs> except she- for mona yeah, Halo is real good about um, about about gaining a circle of friends and then losing that circle of friends violently. <laughs> it really seems that way. Although you know. again, Mona's still alive. Apparently, yeah. she's a good luck charm. Definitely. Yeah. Which so I guess before we'll get they get into later. Yeah, b- before they head out, some soldiers are spreading rumors about like Halo leaving and coming back, but she gets defended by Life Sentence, who's now in the platoon. It was awesome. Yeah. No, she takes a pot of hot something and just splashes it in their totally. face and body, and there she's like, "Fuck off." Yeah. Shut your mouths. And she comes back like, you're like me. Like, we're both in this together forever. Oh, it's really awkward. It's a uh, it's a really, like, serial killer stalker feel, too. Definitely, it. yeah. Like, like, and and Halo's like, it's more like she feels like she can't disagree as opposed to actually, like, being into it or not being into it. She's like, yeah, right. I guess. Um, so, it's a lot of her life, though. Yeah. They watch an instructional video about Moab. Basically, you find that it's, it's a solid planet that's bigger than Jupiter, and the gravity is enormous. You got to wear a special grav suit to even survive outside. Mm. And there's an effect on time, but you know who cares about that? Halo stops. Yeah, I like how it just like waves its hand. It's like, oh, whatever. I stopped listening at this point, and that's like that's that comes into play. Yeah. Pretty important. <laughs> We see like the platoon training in the suits, and they look incredibly uh, cumbersome. Every suit has a spigot in their tummy, and if you <laughs> go out without the spigot open, you'll die just a puddle-based death, like you end up being a puddle, you know? Uh. Again, I feel like this little tummy nipple, death nipple, is just in the worst place. Like, why would you put it in somewhere easily damaged? Like, why not put it under the giant hat? Well, so that, you know, it's so you can check it, and then, you know, other things. Pay attention to the spigot. Be aware that this exists within these suits. Anyhow. Oh, uh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Apparently, the tummy nipple is important. Check. As this is, I, I, I love how they explain this though, because like right away Mona falls over, and like the sergeant (laughs) is like explaining all this stuff, and Mona's just like, help, help, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a turtle on her back yeah uh before they head out halo talks to general louise cannibal oh he she's asks, looking so awesome by the way with the whole uh jacket over her shoulders look oh yeah listen like halo is looking real pretty like in these, mm. <laughs> if, she's a badass if, yeah if, if you like a short-haired lady like like halo's doing it halo's mm. getting it in this uh section of the comics mm-hmm he asks about what what happened to her hair, and she says she wanted to make herself look ugly, and says he did the same with his implanted tusks, which, which cracks him up. Uh, oh my and god! Halo says she doesn't care about being insubordinate because, like, what's he going to do? Send her to Moab, basically. Yeah, so he seems to take that pretty well. So I guess either they are, and he's shocked that she knows, or they're not, and uh, and they're there for a, 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 a more complicated reason or something like that. Who knows? I don't know, man. Like this whole. That whole dude, Luis Cannibal, is very confusing to me. Yeah, I, I call him Cannibal because whatever he's a bad guy. Anyhow, Cannibal. Uh, yeah, the platoon lo- arrives on Moab, and I love how they have the the, the drop ship. It's like two thirds like shock pads, so it just looks like a big like sneaker or something, just like <laughs> smashing into the ground. 
Uh, they head into the gravity-shielded area, like where their barracks are, though the locals are still really, like, weird, saggy, and pear-shaped, and they've got a weird religion and stuff. Apparently super, 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 uh, like, I don't know, what you call them? Protestant, right? Um, but they call them themselves the descendants of Lot, which is yeah. not the happiest story, man. No, I'd say they're, like, weird, they're, like, uh, Old Testament kind of stuff. yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's what types. Because that's what Lot is. Like Lot's got a lot Ooh. of death and destruction, and then a lot of weird incesty parts. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and like the whole thing's built around and the and this big part of Moab that we see is a giant statue of Lot's wife turning to salt as she like looked back, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, but the book they show has has a has a crucifix on it. Yeah, but like it's I mean, you know. Yeah, you know, whatever. Don't like, pay attention to the details. It's like the year 5000, you know, so yeah. who knows. I mean, keep in mind we've seen a bunch of times that um instead of like they say cheeses like like multiple cheese yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so Holy Jesus. It's all I'd imagine it's all sort of mixed and remixed and gone around and stuff like that. I'm not saying they, yeah, they like course. don't like it's it they don't have a new testament, but this place seems very um old, old testament, testament based. Yeah. yeah. Um but anyhow, um <laughs> <laughs> There's also a religion building up around Mona, who's managed to survive the war with Ugh. only a string of minor injuries. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, she like broke her toe during the drop into Moab and stuff. Um, and some members are starting to see of the platoon are starting to see her as a char- as a as a good luck charm. But hey, man, word is there's men at the mess complex. Oh snap! And I um, guess that just snaps ladies into a frenzy. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I mean, arguably, I guess they haven't seen men for a while. Yeah. So they all rush out to uh, to meet them, um, and as they uh-huh. go. Halo kind of makes an interesting point that because it's all tunnels and stuff, Moab really reminds her of the hoop w- where we started our story. But it turns out that all the men are just a bunch of uh, war slabs. Which are genetically engineered similar types that just think about like guns and yeah. battle scars. Special labor auxiliary bioengineered slab. Mm. Yeah, and they're kind of just big dumb hunks of meat, sort of Stallone-Schwarzenegger hybrids, basically. Which um, begs to the question of why you don't just have that in general, if you can make them. Maybe they're just expensive. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'd imagine that engineered is probably way more expensive than just getting a bunch of, like, ladies to kind of, you know, that they're just born naturally on the hoop to, to come in mm. and join. That's fair. Um, and we learned that, like, Moab cuisine is really gross. They got cheese from animals' mammary glands and eggs that come from animals. Yuck. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Plus, the eggs are cracking on their own, man. That's ridiculous. Wait, wait, wait what? what? <laughs> the gravity shields are, are failing. We're, we got to get out of here. Oh, fuck. And apparently it's all localized. I thought the whole place was coming down when this happened. No, it looks like every individual room has its own spe- specific gravity shield, probably for mm. just this situation. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, Everybody runs as the eggs start to explode. and They all push right past Mona, who's finally getting there on her broken toe. Halo sees one soldier trapped behind as the gravity doors close. She kind of looks back like Lot's wife. And it's a hard life on Moab, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real heavy. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Like, damn. It's just... 
Halo Jones just doesn't, it's not a happy story. <laughs> no, it's tough, man. So before heading out into the deep gravity, Halo's platoon is going on a patrol through the tunnels deep under Moab. They split up with Life Sentence going with Halo, and Life Sentence seems really stoked about their new friendship. <laughs> Halo's sort of nonplussed. Um, anyhow, they have to go home early after Mona gets shot in the foot by mistake, and this is another example of, um, of, her, of her good luck. Jesus. Later, they get on the G-suits. Check the spigot. In oh, the gravity, my God. <laughs> in the gravity, you can really feel like the time dilation, the gravity starts. Things start to slow down a little bit and feel weird. The platoon mm. visits the site of the crushed dining hall as Mona tries to explain the Moabite religion to Halo, but isn't really convincing about it. No. Um. But now it's time for the real fighting. It takes place in the crush, the deep gravity of Moab, where it's the heaviest. The gravity messes up time so much that a video of the battle looks like a still picture. Um, It's fucking crazy. It's real awesome. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's getting ready to head out. Halo's honestly excited just to get back into combat. You know, she wants to get back in the and ship. And then immediately the remembers. Doors, yeah. At least until the doors open and then she realizes that combat really, really sucks. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God damn it. And this whole next portion is just a breakneck pace of just, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. It's basically, yeah, just sort of someone, yeah, just running as fast as they can, just shouting obscenities, basically. Yeah. But Halo rushes into battle. It's real crazy. She advances on the enemy. And I love this part because as she goes, yeah. everything is frozen in time. As she Until approaches. you move closer to it. Yeah, but as she gets deeper into the gravity well herself, things start to speed up as the gravity normalizes. And I'd love to see that. Like, this is the, uh, the part that would be real cool in a movie because it's real like everything frozen mm. in place. And as you go, it's like a... Uh, it's 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 like a record spinning up or something like that. You're like, yeah, exactly. Like that. Um they advance on a fr- so th- she's there for five minutes the platoon moves forward goes to a friendly artillery position note that it needs repairs and then start heading back just in constant chaos people fall getting shot and killed around halo as she goes and then immediately turning into giant puddles of blood yeah, that are what, a couple atoms thick yeah as soon as your suit fails you're just you're, you're gone you're done for you you just smush Halo bumps into Mona as her and the rest of the platoon rushes to the doors and they just sort of tumble in. It's amazing. Halo reports the artillery position about the artillery position and learns that one, she's been promoted to corporal, and two, she's got a new sergeant because the previous one died behind her as they were escaping the crush. And here's where we learn sergeants do not do well. No. And here's where we learn the big truth, which is that five minutes in the crush equals two months in real time. And you're not getting paid for two months, you're getting paid for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. So Jesus. Next time on Halo Jones, the fast forward war. Oh that's, that's so it's cool. so that's <laughs> so fucking crazy, man. Like the only thing that's gonna happen I, at least as I see it, she's just going to go out there and just a bajillion years will have passed. This mm-hmm. is nuts. Because really, by the time you exit, it could be, by the way, we've reached a formal conclusion to the war. Mm, right? It, like, it definitely could. Like, that. that is awesome to me. Yeah. I'm so excited about how they've explained, like, time travel through gravity. Yeah. And things like no, that. Like, they can actually walk into a... a uh, into time. Yeah, the I idea guess. of things speeding up and slowing down as they go seems really cool. 
Um, mm. This also really reminds me of the book The Forever War, which was sort of a response to, star- to Starship Troopers and sort of an anti-war sort of like military science fiction novel, basically. Right. But most, in- as, as most people should know, Starship Troopers was definitely... <laughs> Like a fascist novel I mean, turned into an anti-fascist movie. Yeah, I I worry if you aren't aware of that. Um, but anyhow, um, but in that one, the main character who, who sort of is a starship trooper, basically, like has to travel at like relativistic speeds to get to war zones and stuff. So we often so mm. we we see him sort of traveling through time, basically. I think the book ends like two thousand years after the after the book starts. Jesus. And it's this guy from sort of almost like the 20th century, like sort of going through just ages of humanity, essentially. It's really, oh it's a really God. neat book. Highly recommended okay. by, by Conrad. Um, Sweet. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I think Joe Halderman, but I could be wrong about that. I'm, I'm, conv- I'm mistaking his name with the guy, with the Watergate guy. Anyhow. Um, and speaking of complex games to play, Fox, where life oh my and death God. is on the line with every roll of the die. So awesome. <laughs> it's Thrill 2, Slain, and Tomb of Terror. I have to break everybody's heart. I didn't bring my my Slain stuff with me on, on my travels back to California. So I won't be participating in this round, but I will be participating maybe next episode or the episode after to see how I played out. Okay, good. Yeah, I want to I want to get some closure on what happens in the event. Oh, dude, our, are you kidding? Our, I our need our to know. Yeah. I got to go toe to toe. Totally. So, uh script robot Pat Mills, art robot Glenn Fabry, uh, Gary Leach, Una Fricker, and David Pugh, letting robot Steve Potter. So, the demon god Grimnismal is awake. Let's start fighting. <laughs> oh yeah. Grimnismal barely notices um slain and or Barely notices the humans, at least until Slane cuts one of his feeder tubes, and now it's serious. Oh, oh God. And he has to suddenly pay attention. He's not too into that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Elfric is leading Scythrons and murder wolves into the tomb. <laughs> murder wolves. I don't know what else to call them, man. Like, I feel like They've that's got accurate. tusks all over their face, so yeah. I feel like they're ready to murder. Definitely. Um. And he assumes that they must have protective runes to spare them the mind warping power of the god, which is correct. Yep, good, uh, good assessment, man. You're not, you're not such a dumb guy. I mean, you know, just because he's evil doesn't mean he's dumb, right? I mean, it's the other stuff <laughs> that makes fair. him that makes him kind of dumb. But uh, <laughs> another feeder tube is cut, but now Elfric is upon them, and he's like, "Take them alive!" As you do, because he's evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slain takes an energy blast to the chest and is knocked down. Still defiant, raising the three fingers of the druids. Uh-huh. Uh, Elfric approaches Slain and wipes the runes off his face and then turns his head. And Slain is forced to look upon the dimensions of madness contained within Grimnismo. <laughs> Which is just a lot of sloshy goo for the most part. Just, it's pretty goopy. So let's finish. So let's get going on this game. Um, I know Fox, you oh, have your stuff. So how? Okay. So I got to think about this because you're going to be doing stuff. Yeah. Right. And then I'm gonna know what the answer is. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of it is. Um, or we bank on the fact that I don't remember shit after I, I hear it. I really feel like I'm gonna bank on that, Fox, because you've already <laughs> you've already read it in the comics anyway. I so actually I, feel- I skipped all of them. Ooh. Okay. I skipped. Yeah, I skipped anything to do with this so that I didn't. I well, didn't, okay, let's um, let's try to come back to it then, and I'll just I'll I'll just say that um, I died in um, in this first um, time of this episode, 
In oh, a big, fuck. There's a big fight with Grimnismal um, <clears throat> where you, like, it's, it's like, scripted and has a bunch of, like, pluses and minuses for the damage that you do against the god. And, Jesus. Um, if you end the section with more life than Grim, Grimnismal, then you survive. But if you don't, then you die, basically. Okay. Um, I mean, it's you end up getting helped a little bit because the choice, and we I'll tell you that we did both choose right to cut the feeder tubes. Which okay, sweet. Does an, does an automatic 50 damage to Grimnismal. Yeah, fuck your face, dude. Yeah, but I still rolled rolled bad, and so by the time I got to round 10, um, I was I was killed. So bummer. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, there's only two ish, um, episodes left. So they're sort of trying to get it kind of cleaned out here, just you know. So you, if you make it, you really make it, or you're cheating, basically. So okay, so we'll get we'll do okay. the Tomb of Terror stuff at a, at a later date. Okay. So, okay. Meanwhile, Grimnismal always oh, looking real crappy, man. There's a ton of terrifying aspects. There's an army of the dead and a gateway to the stars contained within his nine dimensional body. Oh, it's oh. awesome. But luckily, uh, slight. Luckily, my boy Slain is real yeah. dumb, and so he's I immune to the full effects of evil. Hooray, barbarians! <laughs> you can do a saving throw based off of low intellect. Like I just, I don't like that's real. That's that's real crazy. I don't that get it. Time to defense fight. <laughs> defense against the eldritch is literally that you don't go insane from knowing too much because there's nothing you can truly know. Absolutely, that's um, amazing. Yeah, so Slain gets free and dodges the demon god's strength and it kills a Scythron instead and it's the Scythron that's in charge of all these goddamn murder dogs and so they turn on Grimnismal to like avenge their master it's tough man (laughs) in the confusion Slain gets his sword and cuts another feeder tube the Scythrons can't attack without hitting the dark god and when the tomb is cut tube is cut the god begins to warp out oh that's not good he starts freaking the fuck out totally unable to, to control itself grim stabs elfric and it's time for our guys to escape before grim warps out of existence uh, let's get out of here mirrored in the weird yeah everybody runs even uko with a sack full of treasure over his shoulder <laughs> i like how i like how slain's everyone's like leave the treasure and slain's like nah he'll be all right the greed pow- is what keeps yeah, him going yeah. powered by greed man he runs slower without it honestly <laughs> meanwhile the gold dig has arrived in the tomb and he's super bummed that his buddy doesn't recognize me he's like no my best friend <laughs> yeah like what the fuck He's attacking his meatball buddy. He's going to stage an intervention. Like, I don't even recognize you, man. Um, Slain has driven the Dark God insane. I love that that picture for the next episode where it's just like there's a space skull in his chest while he's warping yeah. out. Well, because he's warping out, but he's still got all those aspects that Slain sort of saw and wasn't very impressed mm. by last episode. So it's God. all still going on as he's warping out, you know? It's like, whatever, You just because you're gooey. Yeah, David Pugh comes in for the final part of, of Tomb of Terror, and while I do think uh, 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 Fabry is the better of the two artists, Pugh's done a ton of heavy lifting on this Tomb mm. of Terror story. Like, like he's done he's done the majority of it, so I think it's really great that he's here to to finish it off. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Grimnismal, like you said, getting all weird, losing control of his vast multidimensional energy. It's pretty clear he's going to blow. <laughs> the Gulldig orders Slain and his buddies found as he plans the ways he'll eat their souls. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. 
you know, the temple's collapsing, as you do, and the party has to escape with Scythrons hot on their heels. Slain bursts through a door, but now they can't lock it, of course. So instead, he stays behind to bar the door with his arm. And his mighty strength to keep it closed. But, oh man, uh, there's a slit through the door that we can stick our swords through. Yeah, you'd think that, that the good guys would have tried to do this with their swords to try to lift the bar off the door that was there. But, you know, I'm not in charge of no. these guys. Um, yeah, so they slit, slide their, bo- their their swords through the door to try to cut off Slane's arm. And Slane's just like, screw this. He opens it up and just starts killing everybody. Seems <laughs> right. The warped warrior escapes under a hail of laser fire, his sword shattering as he goes. No, no blood prow. Although you were so awesome. Yeah, and it does sort of solve the problem of why he doesn't have this and later why he wouldn't have this in later adventures where things are less science fictiony a little bit. Mm. Um, Slain escapes to find Pluke ready to airlift them out. He grabs <laughs> He grabs the Light L's gross old tongue, and the whole place is destroyed as Grimnismal is torn apart by his own dimensional energy. Warp out! Yeah! Get to the Pluka! Oh my god, it's so gross. <laughs> the Dark God's dead, Elfric is presumed dead, Uko's got the treasure, and Slain is finally going to head back to his tribe to free them from the yoke of the Formorian Sea Devils. Sweet. Time to stop iceberg people. Totally. They're like shark guys. The party flies off into the warped out sunset. The end of Slain! Oh, man. But not forever, right? Oh, of course not. Uh, Slain will return in October of 1986. Um, Mm. The comic ends saying it'll be called uh, Slain the King, but it it, it won't be actually. We'll get sort of a warm-up story called The Spoils of Anwin, I believe it's pronounced. All right. Um, and then Slain the King, which is advertised, won't appear until Prague 500. Oh, my God. That's so far away. It's at the end of 1986, man. We'll get to it like this spring. <laughs> Jesus. Freak out, bro. Oh, God. It's a lot of things. Yeah. Borak Thung, Earthlets. It's Conrad Fox from the future coming back to finish up the Tomb of Terror. Oh, it's Tomb of Terror time, buddy. Says time travel isn't possible. I mean, they definitely said it was possible in the comic where Slane goes back and forwards through time. That's right. Only forwards through time. No, but yeah. I, well, he, he, oh, yeah, he, he went back to like super BC. Well, no, he goes he goes forward to like the Time Killer storyline. Then he comes back in time to like the start of it. So that's sort of forward and backwards travel, you know. Yeah, okay. Fair I'll enough. That. I mean, time travel works. Time travel shotguns being my favorite form of travel. <laughs> Always. So here we go. It's uh, We're back in Prague 459 doing Tomb of Terror things, oh, man. as always. It's awesome, because I totally kicked a shit out of a slurm or a grim, grim nichelle. Nice. Yeah, Grimnismal. Yeah, man. So we, when we started, I had 104 warp rating, 320 treasure. I had a key. I had a scroll. And I'd done 35 damage to Grimnismal. Last time, we chose how to fight the demon. There were three uh, three of the choices I like here really uh, instantly end the game, which is pretty solid. But you and I both picked to cut at the tentacles, which has a massive 50 damage to Grimnismo. Fuck yeah. I hate super demons. Yeah, take that. So now we're playing out a 10-round combat. In each turn, there's a different number to add. 
mm-hmm. to like what you roll. And though, and some sections, there's there's ones where where one side or another takes no damage. And this was real bad for me because I rolled terribly in round ten and I got killed by Grimnismal. Oh, jeez. No. Uh, how'd you do in this fight, Fox? Okay, so let me tell you what's up. Uh, I came into this thing, as you mentioned, I kicked a shit at a Grimnismal for 50 damage, but I had also done 70 damage previously to Grimnismal as like a choice that I made. So he went from 300 to fucking 180 real fast. Nice. So uh, in basically it's like I was coming through rounds. I was rolling pretty okay. Like I was taking some damage. He was taking some damage specifically in round four. I beat him out and I took 50 fucking health points away again. That was really awesome. Whoa. The, yeah, dude, it was, it was ridiculous, but specifically with round 10 and where I'm really fucking proud of the dice. Cause I, I got a nat 12 in round nine, uh, which was pretty dope. Whoa, um, but nice. in this one, in this one, he got uh, his roll was two. He got fucking snake eyes, so he only. Did oh four. no! And I was like, and so I was like, all right, sweet. This means that like, <laughs> there's got to be some upside to this. And I rolled, and it's a fucking five. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! Oh man. So, uh, so we left that soiree. Grimnismal was at 115 warp. My warp strength was at 136. I'm feeling fucking great. Oh, dang. You're that, that's so, pretty uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I, I rolled uh, a three uh, in response to this, which is like, I, I guess it turns out to be the heart or the heart of courage or something like that, mm-hmm. which just basically means nothing happens. I don't die. And I guess I don't get any, like, secret goodies, but most of everything, like, especially if you roll, like, a six, you have to re-roll again, and that's just, like, terrifying, because then you have a one in yeah. five chance of just being done. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. In the final thing, I rolled a three as well, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, so... Then nice, in, we're courageous. Yeah, totally, yeah, and the next part, so, yeah, it, it's... The die was basically how you respond to the brutal gaze of Grimnismal, um yeah i rolled a three uh so i'd have i'd have survived but uh you know i'm dead so whatever and yeah there there is another instant death option here then there's another (laughs) 10 rounds of combat and if you survive and win the final roll you do 50 bonus points to grimnismal and if you got him down to 125 or less which i think you've already done fox you bastard um you win (laughs) so Exactly. So in this whole thing, uh, actually, he was getting me a little bit, some sevens, some fives, uh, a couple of fours. He actually, uh, I, I hit him for, like, the first time I hit him, I hit him for two, and then I hit him for ten, and then I hit him for three. But what's mm-hmm. awesome is in round ten, he had, uh, he rolled a nine with a plus two modifier, so he was at fucking eleven. And I'm like, well, this sucks, because I've got, like, a plus one. Bitch, I rolled an 11 plus one. That makes 12, and fuck you, 50 damage to Grimnismal. Oh, dang. So, I'm walking out of this. This is why I love playing Barbarian. I mean, that has nothing to do with this, but I feel like that's always been like, a class. Uh, as as noted in previous D&D campaigns in which you were a part. I remember this. Um, so, Grimnismal, coming out of this with only 50 warp rating... I'm coming out with 109 strong, 480 treasure. 
a bottle of strange liquid in a key that basically, I guess, just doesn't have a use anymore. But it kept telling me to to write things down. And at yeah. this point, they they you kind of got to get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, well, at this point, yeah. After you beat Grimnismal, then the you know, as we saw in the comic, the uh, the temple starts to 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 disintegrate. So you got to escape. So you got to choose which way you're going, Fox. What did you choose, north, west, or south? So I chose west. Uh, and I can't remember for the fucking life of me part eight. So basically what Wes says is like, Hey, you find another monster, but it's from part eight. And I'm like, fuck, I like going back <laughs> yeah. through all of that. So I just created a random monster with what I felt was a decent warp rating considering what we've seen. So it has 15 warp rating and I gave it a plus one attack modifier just to like even things out a little bit. Cause I feel like right. we started seeing modifiers. I, I mean, maybe that's not fair, but uh, I'm lazy and I made a monster. No, I think that was, that's a good option for it, for sure. So I've got this plus two mod from my super laser sword, since this is just a regular fucking whatever. And it totally yeah, and the, and the death ogams drawn on your face. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, weren't those gone? Well, whatever. I, I wouldn't have changed the fact that I'm awesome. So anyway, I fucking fought this thing. It chipped me down a little bit, but then I just fucking beat the shit out of it in like two or three turns after that. So it died. Uh, I walked out of that with... Uh, where is my health? 105 warp rating, and this is where stuff gets uh kind of upsetting for uh, yeah. For your so boy, <laughs> yeah. In the in the uh in the final part, and I want to say something. I I don't know if I've mentioned before, but as we've been going through, like the uh the like this whole all these sections have like a border around them, and as we've been going, like the border's been getting more and more. Like there started to be like an earthquake, and the border's been destroyed and stuff like that. So yeah. at this final part, it's really getting just blown up. So. Um, if you chose, if you choose to go north, it basically takes you to the events of the comic. Like you kind oh, of yeah, take some great. damage, but then you escape. Yeah, west, like you said, you fight a, a wandering monster and then go north. But then going south, you have to choose to sacrifice one of your characters, and you got to draw lots to do so. And if you choose, you die and you lose. <laughs> oh. But and then um, and, and 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 actually, the uh, the solution for what the right straw to draw. Is in the uh, is in that final certificate thing. Um, oh, oh that like that that like tells you like if you drew right or wrong or whatever. Um, That's kind of neat. Yeah. So anyhow, the end of it all. Uh, Grim Grimnismal dies. You get a bonus three hundred warp rating if you survive. I guess that key that we got doesn't do anything, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, it was nice that the goo that I saved burnt. The lock and the northern door that was kind of neat that was like oh, yeah cool something i held on to for this long pays off yeah definitely i, I think there were a couple of times to like throw the throw the uh throw it in grimnismal's face as well if you had that option oh, um no. <laughs> but anyhow yeah so uh there you go you get at the end of um in this issue there's a sweet scroll that you can fill your name into um there's and uh then there's a uh advertisement to basically check out the sweet slain adventure in dice man issue two and then there's a traditional yeah. D grid map of the tomb though it uses a 10 foot grid so you got to adapt it a bit for traditional D, at least currently where they use five foot grids anyhow this this uh this is where grumpy fox takes over and it's just like man oh man okay so like i get it i get like a physical certificate um but, and I was kind of saying this to you earlier, it's like a physical yeah. certificate. I'm just as a kid. 
and I lose, right? Like as my boy Conrad just did. That's uh, right. Yeah, I'm feeling was, bummed. Though he was courageous <laughs> apart. Uh, you're not just going to let that fucking certificate sit in the back of that fucking like comic book. You're going to take it out and you're going to say, no, I actually won. And you're going to fucking frame it or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like I get them not guaranteeing your success. That's kind of cool. There's some fucking stakes. But here's the deal. When when it ends and Grimnismal pops out of existence or whatever... I get yeah. my 300 warp rating, which boosts me to 405, and then I'm told that Ucko just spends all the fucking treasure that I risked my ass for, which, by the way, is total... I mean, I get it's kind of in character for Slain, not to give a fuck, but, like, that... Like, I got all these things, and I did all this mm-hmm. stuff, and then only to have it kind of tantamount, say, you met up with some druids back at base, uh, and Ucko spends all your treasure, and here's like a, a piece of paper in your newspaper print fucking comic book. Uh, <laughs> like, like fuck you for making me do all of this math and and dice rolling, which I'm into under normal circumstances. But generally, after I fuck up a dragon or a or a drow queen, like I get a fucking orb of who gives a shit that makes people turn into chickens or something that's important <laughs> later, or at least makes a DM really sad because he didn't remember that he fucking put that in the game. Like that's all I'm saying. I just want a little test that says, "Hey, Fox, you got 405 warp rating because your rolls were dope, uh, and that makes you a starbarian." As opposed to a normal barbarian, because uh, you're from the stars. Yeah, we kind of discussed uh, like how it, w- it would be cool if they had done something like they did in like the annuals, where you t- took the quiz and like based on your final score, it 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 like rated your your ability, like like how good a treasure hunter you are and how good a barbarian yeah. you are. You know, so if you got uh, the highest score, like oh, you're almost as good as slain, buddy, or something yeah, like that. Cool. You know. I mean, there is kind of something where if you send in your final stats, you can get like the that that original piece of art. Like, there's like the you know, the, the, there's a yeah. contest around it, but that's way less guaranteed. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, like, because I I think you made a fair point while we were sort of chatting about this before. Like, this is not me hating this as a concept. Like, I I think we've both been on record saying that this is maybe the most novel. Yeah. thing I've done in a comic, but like everything else, once my thrill circuits are not overloaded, I start to question, like, what the fuck? Like, stick the landing. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of work for sort of just a random thing, for just sort of like, not even like a t-shirt or something at the end, just like a little thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's also fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I I, I, I really like this, Um, you know, this is one of my favorite like 2000 AD things, just because it's, it's really unusual mm-hmm. in comparison to other things that I've read. And, um, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so let's return everybody to the episode um, in progress. Good luck, past boys. Uh, and have a good uh. t- have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you know will be dead. Woo! Whoa. Oh, so for the record, uh, you said earlier that you are a time traveler. And I'll mention that we're all time travelers going forward at one second per second. Whoa. Think about it. Splendid birth rig. <laughs> Speaking of uh, freaking out, or I don't know. Actually, no. Speaking of going on vacation, enjoying a nice cruise, Fox. <laughs> a cruise on the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, or a giant uh, pimple monster or something like that. Oh, ew. <laughs> it's Thrill 3, Judge Dread. 
Pluk is so disgusting. It's pretty gross. I, I find him charmingly disgusting, you know? Yeah, sure. I like, mean, but also, I wouldn't want to touch him. Yeah, oh no, but you could, like, do, a, like, a tie-in with that, like, Dr. Pimple Popper show with, like, what? a Pluk a Pluk plushie or whatever. What are you talking about, okay, Pimple there's a, Popper? there's a TV show called Dr. Pimple Popper. I can't... I can't warn you enough to that that should all that should be all you should know about that show. Don't like look it up on Google. Don't okay. like look at an advertisement. You know, because okay. like because like I see the ads on 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 TV shows I'm watching because I'm whatever and like I just like as soon as I see the pimple popper lady, I just immediately put my hands over my eyes like I'm a little kid oh. <laughs> like, during a scary part of a movie. Ew. Gross. Oh, that's real gross. I don't know if I can handle something that would, like, if it's grossing you out, I don't know. Like, if you just want to, like, if you want an idea of what a real life auto sump would look like, it's sort of a thing. Or just like what a, what a fist-sized goiter on someone's neck looks like. Anyhow. Oh. um, Script robot for Judge Dredd, John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover. Art robot Brian Talbot, John Higgins and Cam Kennedy. Letter robot Tom Frame. Ew. Right, why'd you why'd do you it. do it i told you not to <laughs> no i didn't i didn't okay. look good i good. promise you're just grossing me out with your descriptor i know man listen i got nightmares so anyhow uh oh my god brian talbot of nemesis fame is is taking over the art on dread it's pretty fun here yeah a, it's awesome yeah a uh, flying ship like a hover ship with sails is bear uh with, with sails on fire is bearing down the hall of justice it's the flying dutchman and we flash back to earlier as cursed earth mutants one of them looking very toxic avenger has mm. taken control of a cruise ship the flying dutchman and as the ship flies into the city dread in the middle of making an arrest notices something fishy and so you just leave the arrested guys tell people to pick him up and then you just go yeah well <laughs> i mean you know like my understanding is that like uh, like basically every like twenty, every thirty feet or so on like the streets of Mega City One, there's just a post for judges to 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 chain people to. It's just a hitching post. Yeah, like literally, and like That's you know great. they sort of leave people and then have them be picked up. That's like we've seen negative versions of that. There's one yep. kind of recent story that uh, dread story that I thought was really good. That was just about a guy that got hitched hitched up to one of these posts and then the judge that was arresting him was killed before they could call in for someone to pick him up oh you were telling me about so this where just, just a bunch like, of people fucked with him the whole time well no this is one where everybody just leaves him alone and he like dies of exposure like oh my god <laughs> tied to this post the other one was yeah in this year's uh uh dread annual where some guy gets gets tied up someplace and everybody just just robs everything uh, robs so him of, horrible. Uh, all of his possessions including his false teeth and then just organ leggers come and uh take the rest of them (laughs) anyhow anyway dread sees that there's nobody aboard the deck of the ship and you just you'd expect they would be there just to see the sights as they fly into mega city one it looks fishy so he calls in he 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 calls in the perp and then jumps aboard and we just see talbot go have some have some fun it's i i think with some real cool mutants before dread just start yeah there's like one guy like like his his face his mouth on top of his face and stuff yeah and uh, Dread fi- does, however, manage to find heads to shoot them in. So that's solid. <laughs> he knows where the brains are. Always. As Dread approaches the bridge, the lead mutant sets fire to the sails of the ship. And things are looking pretty cool as Dread makes yes. his assault. 
He uh, he tries to steer the ship away from the Hall of Justice, but he can't. So he jumps clear just in time, and the ship hits the Hall. Luckily, the Hall of Justice has been built pretty tough these days, so it's not really affected, and crime is never plain sailing. <laughs> oh, dread. Oh, dread. I mean, it makes sense. Like, they really did rebuild the yeah, Hall of Justice. They had to, and why wouldn't you make it fucking nuclear-proof at that yeah. point, right? I mean, because they, they rebuilt it after the Apocalypse War. Then that practical Joker guy blew it up again right at the unveiling mm-hmm. ceremony. So they had to rebuild it a second time. And at that point, they're just like, listen, just like, you know, all <laughs> ad- adamantium. Like, I don't care. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're going spare no expense in the Jurassic Park sense. Exactly. So... Yep. Next Dread Story, this one's actually kind of a famous one. A uh, Letter from a Democrat, it's called. It's yeah, a, this is intense and yeah, sad. It's a, a quick but important Dread Story drawn by John Higgins. Really? It's, it's morning in, in, in MC1 as a letter, as we see a letter being written to a man named Gort, and we see terrorists preparing their strike on a morning as a morning chat show begins. The terrorists uh, gun down security guards, and the writer of the letter recalls her fear, like you know, just the fear that 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 she Gort and their kids living in Mega City One under constant threat from the judges. She she she, she tells a story of like a, her one of her kids like throwing a ball and like 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 hitting a judge and them getting braced by him basically. Yeah, and I mean basically letting him off with a, a warning. Right, but it's next still- time it was going to be fucking Juve Cube. Exactly. She's tired of ju- of judicial oppression, and her and her buddies in the Democratic tendency are have, oh. are taking over the tr- the chat show to return power to the people. Naturally, Dred's called in as the tendency reads out their demands. Mostly, just go back to the judges and reducing the power of the judges. Mm-hmm. Judges are closing in, and the tendencies to decide to go out fighting as people only remember martyrs. Dread, of course, wipes them all out, and Clay's nope. final words are democracy or death. Meanwhile, Jesus. at Block UK, which is a uh, you know telling block name, I'm just saying, Gort is questioned by Dread about his wife's involvement in the democratic movement, but he doesn't know anything, and her letters end sadly. She just wants a better life for her kids, but instead she's taken away on a slab. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of this before, but increasingly we're going to see more sort of pro-democracy movements huh. building in, in Mega City One. You know, they have varying levels of success, I'd say. But yeah, I was going to say. It's still just an important wrinkle, I think, within the city or and, this, and, 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 and the story of Judge Dredd. Damn. So, right. next, yeah, next up, uh, Cam Kennedy's on the stick as a bunch of Mega City One toughs take out a random citizen. One <sighs> of them is Herman Sherman, the knee pad kid, last seen <sighs> in the 1984 Judge Dread Annual, episode 99, which I read with Eamon Clark, which is just a fun yeah. callback. Yeah. They, uh, they escape with the money and the data slug and a data slug in this guy's pockets, and Dread finds the body of the victim. Meanwhile, the tappers, you know, because tapping is a uh, mugging in Mega City One, they're mm-hmm. they're getting pizza with their ill-gotten gains, but it's more than they actually stole from the guy. And I expect better pricing from a place called Piz Hobble. It doesn't yeah, even have well. an A in, p- in pizza, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Anyhow, they bust up the joint and steal it. Later, they check the slug, and it sounds like two lovers meeting, but the video shows that it's a judge with a lady. Whoa. Oh, my God. It's Tom Selleck. I mean, Judge Slayick. Yeah, Slayick or something. Yeah, he was in that that story in the annual as well, so this is a a callback for both of them. Mm. Solid mustache work from Judge Slayick. Beautiful. (laughs) 
Yeah, so, yeah, and, and since, and that judge, like, like I said, it's from the annual, and he kind of ruined uh, the, the knee pad kid's life. He basically mm. ran him in to fill out like a, 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 a pretty, like like a six-page questionnaire about life in Mega City 1, basically, and then just said, like, oh, you were just on suspicion, get out of here. And he's like, oh, like, I'm going to take me a day to get back to the moped where I live. Jesus. Dredd investigates the apartment of the tap victim and finds his recording equipment as the perps decide to blackmail Judge uh, uh, Sladek, which might not be wise, if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, it's never a good idea to do that. No. So Judge Sladek goes to talk to Yolanda Felucci. Her neighbors Mm -hmm. despair that she's constantly being harassed by the judge, but in fact, they're just having a sexy illegal romance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Kissy, kissy. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the perps try to make an anonymous call to Sladek, but instead just set up a meeting for later that night, and the knee pad kid then knees the change out of a payphone. (laughs) You know? Old Abbott Stiard. Seriously. Back in uh, the Ramon Navarro block, and he, from what I could tell, Ramon Navarro, there is a Ramon uh, Navarro who is a surfer, but I don't think he was alive at this point when this came out, and, or surfing, so I think this is a reference to Mexican movie star Roman Navarro. Mm. Um, but Yol- Yolanda wants to go public with their relationship, but Sladek knows it must keep uh, be kept secret. It's tough, though, because Dredd was listening in on this the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. Luckily, th- they don't use their names during the conversation, so he doesn't know exactly who it is. Yeah, but they're going to analyze his voice anyway. I mean, let's yeah, get real imagine. here. Yeah, so Dredd's on the hunt. Meanwhile, Sledek is back on active, du- active duty and gets word about the preserved, uh, uh, about the proposed meat. The perps get their, send their buddy Dirty John, now, uh, sh- now, now on Bravo, starring Connie Britton and, and Eric Bana. <laughs> what? It's a TV show called Dirty John, but this guy's also named Dirty John. It's kind of funny. Um, I got you. Anyhow, he's on his hoverboard to go blackmail Sladek, Sladek, uh, who is standing in the shadows. And honestly, he doesn't look like the kind of guy who's going to take very kindly to being blackmailed. No, it looks like you're probably going to get definitely shot and killed. Seems very likely. Next time, the price of love. Bow chicka bow wow. Man, that guy's got a great mustache. Definitely. Yeah, 450 if you go to the right place. Anyhow. um, Wow. Speaking of things that are reasonably priced, Fox, it's non-thrills, covers, and nerve centers. Hey, why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, 22 pounds still. Or, or uh. pence, I should say. Um, so, Prague 459, Wagner's Flying Dutchman flies out. Shut up, great. creep. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's kind of funny because this cover, Barney says it's written by, by Brett Ewens, but it's actually basically exactly the same image as one that uh, that uh, Brian Talbot drew, drew inside the comic, but I think it's mm. a different artist doing it. But it's still very a very similar image of just yeah of the uh, of the flying ship sailing through Mega City One. And yeah. the perp comments that it's nice that that that, 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 that yeah. really scenic. And Dredd just tells him to shut up. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, it is though. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty boat floating totally. through Mega City One. Yeah. So in the Nerve Center, Tharg says he's putting out a comic called Judge Dread: The Early Years, so new readers can check mm. out early mm. Dread stories, which I think is a good idea. Oh, neat. Yeah, there's a pretty fun picture of a big um of a big Judge Dread called the Law, and mm. there are letters from a miniature painter wanting to know Dread's color scheme. Which is fair, and Tom and, and uh, Tom Frame says that Dread's uniform is currently blue, although that'll late, later change to black. Okay, it's What's been sort of 
it sort of shifted from black to blue and back sort of a couple times. Yeah, I've noticed it's been more dark blue lately, but yeah. I have noticed, like, it, especially early on, it felt pretty black. Yeah, and it's also just one of those things where, like, it's it can end up being like a like Superman or Wolverine's hair, where, like, it's <laughs> just mostly black, but they kind of give a dark blue highlight in there just to kind of, like... Uh, give it you, you know just to kind of give it some definition and stuff mm. but then if as you do that and new artists come on and every and there's a lack of institutional knowledge it sort of shifts to more of a dark blue <laughs> um anyhow Jesus. there's letters about continuity about the uh, continuity of a ball and chain a reader has trouble figuring out the judge red role-playing game and a reader <laughs> asks about helmet of hammer force which we're currently reading in space Finner reaction all right fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm talking to McDory on Instagram. I'm pretty stoked about it. Really? <laughs> yeah. The prog ends with a public service announcement from Dread, drawn by Cliff Robinson. Careless driving costs lives. Yours. That's <laughs> the only thing that I've liked out of this comic for safety. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. Be cool about car safety. <laughs> also say hi to Mike Dory for me. I love you. Me too. There's yeah, so but, many things I love about his art. I'm trying not to be too, like, crazy about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we love your just, stuff, man. Ah. Just tell him Mock Zero was an inspiration that we talked about for long periods of time. Definitely. Prog 460, uh, classic Ian Gibson cover here for Halo Jones. I've been in 250 fights. Don't worry. Nobody loses all the time. So Good Halo great. Jones stuff. Yeah. In the nerve, oh yeah, and and that same joke's in the, in the comic too, which is kind of funny. But anyhow, mm-hmm. um, in the nerve center, Strontium Tharg plugs the seventh issue of the Best of 2080 Monthly. There's a picture of a Mega City mutant. There's a uh, a random prog seller in Huddersfield, and a question about the latest, uh, uh, sorry, about who, which art droid is the fastest artist, and apparently it's Steve Dillon. Damn. Um, right. Though, of course, all the art droids always hit their deadlines, of course. Wink, yeah. wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another new Masters spread at the end of this comic, and this time for Cam Kennedy, which is pretty awesome. There's Why does it have his life and then death date? All so of them do. Oh, wait, oh, no. Okay, maybe I just haven't noticed. But All like... of them have like what year they're born in and then kind of a dash at the end, mm. you know, which for some of these means that eventually it's going to get depressing. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, just because you'd add it in later, it sort of reminds you that that they passed on, basically. Mm. But this one has, uh, yeah, it's got a group shot of Rogue Dread and the goddamn VCs. Vape, Remember those vape, guys? Vape always. It's been so long. <laughs> it really, yeah, it's been like 200 issues. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Different life back then, man. Pre Rogue Trooper. Oh, now Rogue Trooper's done, or you know, oh. having a having a vacation. Prog 461, are you a warped warrior? Oh, man, Ness looking hot. Yeah, Ness says, we're her hero among a pile of gold in this slain cover. Yeah, uh, uh, favorite draws a hot-ass Ness. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. In you know, if, if if you like the freckles, which I appreciate, in the nerve yeah, center, man. yeah, space spinner guys are jer- are weirdo are are, uh, are, <laughs> are gross dudes. Anyhow, in the Whatever. nerve center, Tharg congratulates those who survive the tomb. I didn't, and plugs a contest oh. to win original oh. artwork from it. There is a picture of the Beetlejuicy and bestseller, which is a sort of a Stephen Hawking Tharg. 
Okay. Letters include a request for more free prizes, a 2080 poem, and a note that Slaufeg looks like an ancient French cave painting, and questions about why Uranus isn't listed in the Grote prices on the cover of 2000 AD, and it seems that 2000 AD is subsidized on Uranus for by the other planets in the solar system, including Earth. Earth, which is nice, you should always be nice to Uranus. Uh, midpoint. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. God. Anyhow, there's a full-page ad for some kind of spring-based toys based on the Snap, Crackle, Pop guys. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, by the time I was eating this as a kid, I feel like they redesigned them because they look kind of rough at this point. And then yeah. this, this prog ends with a full color certificate of victory for Slain, where you can list your name, final warp, and treasure points, which is all pretty neat. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we learned the results of one, of like the of, of a final um, like choice in the Slain thing. Oh, anyhow. Prog 462, it's Clash of the Teeny Titans in a rare Future Shock cover by Anthony Josuak. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. In the Nerve Center, Thargrel, Mongrel Tharg mashup, gives Mm. us details on the Slain slain contest and brings the promise of thrill power as always. There's apparently a very cheeky picture of Prime Dread, that's Dread with an A, of a dude with a big hair like Afro kind of thing. I don't know what's going Uh, on here. Yeah, what... Um, I assume it's an English thing. That's usually the answer. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Letters include Lemmy from Motorhead being spotted tearing up a prog, as we last <gasps> saw in Prog 281. Um, there's some pedantry about wings on Viking helmets and a request of a pardon or amnesty for Chopper, and we'll see what happens with that in 1987. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. Mid-prog, there's a nice an, another Cliff Robinson dread pinup. You know, can't complain about a big old dread pick. Always, nah, man. always He's welcome. Shooting, yeah. Mid prog, there's this uh, slain contest. Basically, you have to design a trap you'd like to see in a future like slain adventures. Hmm. Um, you know, I'll say if I'm entering it, I like a I like a trap where it looks like there's one really obvious trap, but then once you get past there, that's when there's actually the real trap. You know, like nah, for like, me, it's a it's a giant block of uh, acidic ooze that eats you. Oh yeah, that's always good. Like you know, you not or like uh, also like I like the old uh, tomb tomb of terror one or not that what. What's the big one? I don't know. But there's a big D&D one where you find three chests, and they're all trapped. But then when you open them, they all also have uh, death inside them. Like, Oh, know? my God. Uh, like, giant Pit of Spikes. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Yeah, classic. Classic with the Giant's Pit of Spikes. Man, but, I uh, love Giant Pit of Spikes. Yeah. I remember when you were doing the, the shifting tower uh, with mm-hmm. us for a little while, and that was one of the things where uh, there were bugs that, that – um, uh, rusted your weaponry so oh, i just yeah. picked up a sentient statue and smacked them into, <laughs> into a pit of spikes yeah rust monsters are how you know that your dm is kind of a jerk like break your stuff anyhow <laughs> yeah man i'm all right with that yeah and speaking of jerks fox it's thrill for ace trucking man just a bunch of brewster assholes that's right yeah, so script about Alan Grant and John Wagner's team as a Grant Grover, art about Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Tony Jacob. So Man. after some un- after some unconvincing undercover work, the Dave Cluck Five have revealed themselves to be Uckpuck security officers. They're they're chicken guys from Beyond the Stars, enforcing <sighs> customs law. Yeah, <laughs> and they're really they're real slapstick. It's great. 
Yeah, they're placing the ship under arrest, and the Aces, that's Ace-1, which is the original Ace from uh, from these comics, and then Ace-A, who's from this parallel universe that Ace-1 finally fi- currently finds himself in. Uh, mm. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But one of the Uck Puckers, Puckley, is a tracker, and after some quick searching, he finds a spare boozle bug inside GBH's shirt. Oh, man, come on. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but they initially were going to buy 10, mm-hmm. or no, like boozle bugs, but they had uh, Feek try ones. So there was sort of a spare, and I guess that GBH was just keeping that one as a, as a pet or something. Oh. The Aces swear their innocence, but the Uckpuck leader, Captain Leghorn, calls forth one of his troops and has them eat the bug because that's it's, it's it's like how when like in like an '80s TV uh, cop show where they'd find cocaine, they'd like sort of rub it on their teeth or like taste it. To yep. see if it, like, you know, I, I I had a cop friend and I asked, like, you know, I'm, I'm a real innocent, like, like weirdo. And I was like, so what, like, what, what are they doing when they test that? Like, does cocaine have a specific taste? And he's like, no, nah, man. Like, they're seeing if they get high when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I don't know. But so um, the Uck Pucker eats the... Eats the eats the bug and seems okay, but then his eyes explode and he gets high as hell. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he goes uh, he goes fucking crazy. Yeah, boozle bugs are confirmed. Give it up, Garps! And this high chicken guy is just flying around like Feek was. He starts dive bombing oh, Captain Leghorn. And no, in in such a way that, uh, and I don't know if you spied this. So he's like flying. He's like shooting feathers at Captain Leghorn. He dives down, Leghorn, mm-hmm. I mean, or whatever, this guy. Yeah. And as he's flying over, his trousers unbutton, and he shits in the guy's eye. Good times. Highbrow entertainment. No, I love it. Oh, um. oh my God. <laughs> so, Ace tries to hauls off the ex- to uh, hold off the investigation, but it's no use. They blast through a door and put the boys in, head- in handcuffs. They even... Or- yeah, they even put uh, Ace in scarf cuffs. <laughs> oh my god! And GBH in little finger cuffs. Yeah. In the end, not they, big yeah, they, he's got big hands. In the engine room, they find the boozles, but Feek won't let them in. Everyone, stay back. Oh, well, it's <laughs> very important. Yeah, because the boozle bugs are laying their eggs. The the male boozle bugs fan the females as they drop their massive egg payloads and die. And then, oh my God. in their sorrow at this, the males pluck one of their own stingers out and commit ritual suicide in in, oh in sadness God. for it. It's really just heartbreaking. And then afterwards, you can go in, and that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, th- then it's just eggs, you know. The uh, mm. the uckbuckers bag up all the eggs. That'll show that rooster cogburn and. <sighs> Yeah, they take the uh, take the crew to like a to a to a holding area. Basically, they just sort of lock them in there. You know, everybody's all cuffed up, and just sc- screw this, buddy. We aren't doing this. Um, the aces. Yeah, GBH decide- just snaps his fingers out of <laughs> <Yeah>. the fucking. <laughs> the aces decide to take matters into their own hands. GBH easily breaks their cuffs off, and they head into the air duct air ducts of the ship to destroy the evidence and clear their name. The man. The two aces are teaming directly, and that's a definite no he he. No, it's something terrible is gonna happen. Absolutely. The Uckbuckers celebrate their achievements as the aces die hard their way through the spaceship. <laughs> oh, it's so true. <laughs> Super, like just through these maze-like ducks of the Speedo Ghost. Go to an alternate universe, have a few laughs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, 
I learned it from watching you, buddy. Yeah, very. I I admit I didn't do my research to find a good uh, Die Hard in a spaceship type movie. So I'll oh. I'll recommend Lockdown, which is an technically in a space station, but still a space based Die Hard movie mm. and worth checking out. And um, for future shocks that just are in space and kind of about getting totally locked down in a space prison, uh, see Henry and the High Rock. Great. Ooh, yeah. It's fucking always. fantastic. Totally. Good we callback. need to do a collection on that at some point. Did we do man, a collection I, on it? I got to do a collection on all these things, man. I'm lazy. I can't help it. <laughs> you know how, like, I was going to start doing collections, like, months ago, and I got them all lined up, and I just, I never got around to them. I promise. Like, that's my, that's, that's like, main resolution for twenty for, for 2019 Damn. is to get these um, collections. You heard it here them. first. Conrad breaking his promises in the past. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> but no oh that was so much de- hate i'm so sorry I, that, that was like too much it's definitely on my list like you know yeah. i gotta start gearing everybody up for them to get three things from us a week for oh, uh, yeah. 20, 2020 when we have oh, like so much stuff coming out oh it's gonna be real bad but anyhow jeez, oh jeez, man <laughs> the boys are going through the ducks the speedo ghost there's a little hair guy through a blind corner in there that's like my favorite. oh i love just that guy little dude that doesn't really do anything <laughs> it's just like oh just watching tv look at that dude he's got sneakers on um yeah. <laughs> they find the hold with the uh, with the bags of boozlebug eggs outside the uckbuckers have some standard password shenanigans sort of slapstick jokes here yeah <laughs> it's like like you know it's me i don't have to give i have to give the password all right go in you should ask the password <laughs> yeah it's just a whole bunch of yucks and then yeah. i'm feeling a little peckish it's part of why he wasn't like up to up to snuff indeed um so yeah the uh the 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 the, the chickens check one ch- check the place one last time. The aces barely jump out of the way and hide in a truck. There's a Bellardinelli poster on the wall here, which is pretty funny. And the aces make a plan. They got two bags of boozle bugs. Each one's worth five million bims. And they got an idea, which is no oh. good. <laughs> Next time, chicken licking good. Mmm, chicken licking. Yeah, it's the taste you can't re- you can't resist. The taste you can't replace. <laughs> Speaking of irreplaceable, it's oh, 305 Strontium Dog. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's right. Irreplaceable. Take that, Durham Red. Anyhow, uh, oh, script wow. robot Alan Grant and John Wagner is Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Escara learning about Gordon Robson. As Kid Robson most of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, evil mutant Max Bubba Fox is has set up shop in a Viking town, and he's just screwing with the time screen, stream, and it's having long-term effects. For instance, just uh, a, a smart car has suddenly just appeared out of thin air. <laughs> and hey, let's take it for a little ride. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Getting wild! Why At- not? After some reckless driving, Max gathers his prisoners and addresses them. He intends to kill them all by marching them into a nearby reopened volcano, which will wipe out their bloodlines and screw up time forever. It's kind of like a no hard feeling speech. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of saying like, hey, like it's good. we're going to be part of a grand work, which is going to involve you dying and mutants inheriting the earth. Now yeah, translate that cool. into Norse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the just uh, fucking volcano just shoots its goo for a second. Totally. Whoa. <laughs> Meanwhile, Johnny Alpha, Wolf Sternhammer, and their Viking buddies are escaping that cavern full of trolls. They barely make it. And check out that nearby volcano. And they're like, whoa, that's oh. not usual. 
<laughs> and then in in like true D and D fashion, the DM is just like they're probably pretty hungry, so I guess refrigerator. Yeah, refrigerator <laughs> appears so they can uh, eat the various chickens and roast beefs and contained within and recover all their health. Um, and so great. Then things get weirder when a helicopter gunship suddenly appears in midair. Hey, why not? Apparently it's a dragon, but, you know, could also be a dope-ass chopper to yeah. shoot some people with. It's a Vietnam-era chopper with machine guns in the doors and everything. It suddenly so appeared. The Vikings are pretty... And, and they're pretty freaked out because suddenly there's, like, Vikings and pine trees and stuff, which you weren't expecting when you're flying out of Hanoi or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, or Da Nang, I suppose. They come in mm-hmm. for a landing, and luckily Johnny speaks English, so they can talk to them. He lays down the situation, threatens them with his blaster, and eventually gets them to understand what's up. Uses force, then uses charisma. Then the other guys are like, well, we really want to shoot some stuff, and that sounds pretty fun. And they're and like, all right. Yeah, it's crazy enough to be true, so whatever. The soldiers go along with it. Everybody climbs aboard the chopper and flies out to take out Max Bubba. And then we just watch as Max Bubba shoving people into a volcano. Just sending hundreds of dudes just in to burn alive in this volcano. It's real crazy. Max, real fond of big speeches to these Vikings, and they don't speak English. So it's really funny that he keeps doing it. It's so funny. I know. I, I I want you to know, buddy, you never done a thing to me. But you see, for every one of you that dies, the future becomes more and more unstable until finally, pop, it's gone. Catch my drift. <laughs> it's weird that he that like he thinks muties are going to inherit the earth because they share yeah. like a common set of ancestors with humans. You know, no, it's it's all flawed logic. I mean, you know, I guess I'd imagine this crazed time traveling madman to not be the smartest, but still. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. Meanwhile, in the in in the present, which which is to say the future in twenty seventy in twenty seventy, so it's the future for us. It's the present. No, it's it's not the it's it's still a flashback for actual Johnny Alpha, but it's the present for this story. It's very complicated. <laughs> world is falling apart because Johnny Alpha's getting mess. He's messing it up. Get it together. Oh and they're just blaming him until they pop out of existence. Yeah, everybody's w- winking out of existence, including this newscaster. People aren't aren't catching on fire before they wink out of existence anymore, which I think is a bummer. <laughs> well, really. Meanwhile, Johnny and the crew. Are fl- Johnny Wolf and the crew are flying towards the volcano as more and more people are whipped into the volcano. It's real, that's, r- really ridiculous. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, the Marines start strafing the Vikings, and suddenly March of the Valkyries seems super appropriate. Oh, <laughs> my God. Now and stuff. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, Bubba's gang hits the deck, and Johnny takes out the one with the skull face. The gang members shoot back, and soon the helicopter's going down. It crashes, and the Vikings prepare to charge. Oh, my God. So, it's so Vikings, epic. yeah. It's Vikings versus machine guns. As someone's game of civilization has suddenly come to life. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Vikings are taken down pretty easily, though, and the Bubba Gang weighs, uh, wades in. Johnny takes down Lowdown O'Fee, tells the rest to surrender, but Bubba is reluctant to take the offer and taunts Johnny, but for doing the norm's dirty work. Yeah. Wolf rushes in to help Johnny to help Johnny as Alpha starts hitting Bubba gang members like uh, Impetigo Jones with time mm. grenades. Wolf's Vikings also start fighting. They take out some of the gang members, but they're also getting shot and killed in turn. Wolf wrestles Just one really of the gang. Unfortunate. It's you know it's tough, man. I feel bad for these Vikings. 
Wolf wrestles one of the gang members to the ground, and Johnny hits them both with a time grenade. So that means they're going into the future. Yeah. And then Bubba appears and shoots Johnny's gun out of his hand. He's got Johnny dead to rights. Oh, man. Next time on Strontium Dog, a dog's life. I mean, we know he survives. Yeah. He's not going to die in his own flashback. We know know both these characters survive because we've seen them both... Both in the present, as Wolf appears to be dying in, in that present. Anyhow, uh, yeah, never forget. Anyhow, speaking of the warlike ways of humanity and the dangers that that causes, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's getting heavy. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, thrill six, future shocks. Eh, not a bad one. Yeah, All right was... with this, although it's it's a treaded fucking story type, though. I mean, you know, so yeah, we've seen this kind of thing before. Script about Peter Mil- Pete, Pete Milligan, art about Anthony Jezwiak and Johnston as Skizix, letting about Tony Jacob, and uh, you know, it's 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 kind of funny because I think since December, I don't think we've had any future shocks, Fox. No, and you know what? I am not giving this one a bad time. It's pretty good. No, it's good. And doesn't overstay its welcome, and there aren't like 10 of them. So you know yeah. what? Future Shock, you get a pass. I like this one, although it is the start of a coming uh, stretch of Future Shocks up until uh, 468 or so. Oh, really? This one's your usual kind of Twilight zone one. There's a big space war raging that threatens to destroy all of space when suddenly the two commanders are warped away, into each one into a separate hand of a higher being alien monster guy who makes a deal. He'll allow one race to survive and, uh, and evolve from their present state, and it'll be decided by the two commanders fighting to the death. I like the openness of these rules. Yeah, it's good. Good genie rules here. Uh, mm. The human man just to win by fast thinking and building a cool heat cannon. But when he kills the alien commander, the higher being starts destroying the human ships because their warlike ways shouldn't be preserved. Uh, yeah, it's kind of fucking killing fire with fire here, buddy. Yeah, listen, you know. The only thing you're good at is killing. Yay, humanity. (laughs) (laughs) We've been practicing for a long time, you know. Yeah, I I mean, man, whatever. Stupid, (laughs) hypothetical, (laughs) non-warlike alien races thinking they're better than us. Well, that then goes about, like, killing all of humanity. Hey man, you aren't gonna develop advanced tech like you got you if you're just gathering food from like like plants from the earth, you aren't gonna develop technology, man. You gotta that's you gotta do saying. that to hunt things, buddy. Alright? Yeah. Like that's this whole we, thing feels like a hypocritical giant space dimension. Kick the crap those Australopithecuses back in the day. Yeah, fuck them. They're tiny. Their ass in World War II. Anyhow, um <laughs> The Australopithecine War. <laughs> Everything's getting beaten up in World War II, Fox. That's my new thing. Oh, oh my anyhow, God. I appreciate that. With that said, oh, man, we're done. Yeah, that's it. March 1986. This is a fun month, man. A lot of action, a lot of cool stuff. Oh, what a great way to enjoy the start of the new year. Right, or at least the uh, start of the, or the end of the first quarter, whatever. Oh, uh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, I have one, like, d- despite my, my assholery here, I have one question <laughs> for you, buddy, which is what were your top and bottom thrills? Oh, man, we were talking about this a little bit before the show started. I, <clears throat> in reading these, had a very hard time saying, like, there's a top or there's a bottom or there's mm. a whatever, because it was all, like, pretty fucking excellent. Um, 
on review as we were talking, you know, I, I would say that I'm a little less excited um, about Dread right now, I mm. guess. It's not, it's not at peak, right? And so if, as I'm looking at these things where it's like Slain is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Halo Jones is sad and awesome. <laughs> Ace, Ace Trucking is fucking hilarious. And Strontium Dog is really great. And, yeah. you know, Future Shock didn't overstate its welcome. Those are the things that I remember. Sure. And as we were kind of going through Judge Dredd, I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of neat and all of that. And there's these funny Judge Dredd tropes. But I'm really, I don't know, I'm chomping at the bit for a new epic. You know what I mean? It's been a mm. while. I mean, there's going to be some story, some, I, there are going to be some big stories this year. Um Okay. Or, or some extended things, but yeah, we're we're till eighty seven for the next like big mega epic, you know. Um, yeah. My understanding is that City of the Damned really left a bad taste in um, in in Wagner and Grant's mouth of sort of they were sort of like oh, like we're like I'm we're not feeling these mega epics anymore. So really, so the next one is gonna isn't for a little while. And like that one's actually going to be a real big deal, just in terms of their writing partnership, actually, which should be really kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. But anyhow, so so what's your top, Conrad. Buddy? I mean, my t- oh, my top is all of it except dread. <laughs> oh my god. So. I mean, no, that's not fair. I, you know what? I'll I'll stick by the rules because I know I've only got one of these pocket aces here um, <laughs> for it to be a best month. So uh, I will put it at obviously Halo Jones. I mean, if mm-hmm. we're gonna outclass, I'm gonna point to the to the lady with all of the badass. Um, and yeah, Judge Shred at bottom, man. That's uh, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. I mean, when you turn people into flat piles of goo, it's kind of cool. Although she was competing with Slain in a big way. It that, is something, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so Conrad here, I've been fucking gnawing the claw. What's your top and bottom thrills, buddy? Hey, man, I always love hearing people work through their thrills. That's what I always do. Um, yeah, it's it's the, the time you need, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't go in with one shows and I, I, I let it come to me. Um, but I think for my top, I'm going to say Slain, man. Oh, that geez. was awesome. I love this story. I, I love this finale of it. You know, anytime, like, you know, it's a little thing that everything does. But I just love people like escaping from an ancient temple as it collapses around them. That's really neat. Um, the riding off into the sunset, being airlifted by a by Pluke and stuff. <laughs> That's real great, man. From by oh. his tongue. Yeah. He held onto the thing's tongue. Yeah, like, like it was a rope ladder or something. That's just so fun. And then I really did, like, again, like, we'll get to the, we'll do the Tomb of Terror when you're ready for it. Um, this ending stuff is really interesting, and the way they do it does make it feel like you know it it does actually give it aspects of like a huge fight between slain and you know be, between you and this monster you know of uh mm. of, of grimnismal something that actually didn't really happen in the comic itself just because you know it's much more like they fight it once and then sort of elfric's there and there's posturing back and forth and stuff like that as opposed yeah. to an actual sort of blow by blow fight with the beast but since mm. that's happening in the pages of the game it doesn't feel like it's missing it just feels like it's being told in a different way if that makes yeah, sense yeah you get to participate in it as a player yeah and again i just really love this um like this dice stuff in here the the, the adventure game parts of slain um it again feels really like of its like it feels incredibly like 85 86 but also uh fresh and interesting and something i haven't seen that much and so it just really is is really cool 
Um, yeah, so that's my top. But like, man, like Strontium Dog has some really great action. I think it's really fun. Just the t- like when that smart car shows up in the past, that's just so funny. <laughs> and then like the idea again, like they don't act, they don't say it, but they, the idea of like an Apocalypse Now style, like a uh, Ride of the Valkyries playing as actual helicopter as an actual helicopter flies to attack Vikings and stuff is like, mm. whoa! Like I've had dreams like this. That's pretty cool. Um, for my bottom i'm gonna say ace trucking this month i guess um okay i mean it's again i can buy that like ace trucking is funny but it's all very like sort of set like joke pieces and stuff like that like almost to the point where it feels like like not like actual filler but just like they basically kind of said like all right like we got to stretch this out a little bit, so we'll just have like uh, like these like these comics will have two pages of just the chickens being funny, you know, and that's cool. Yeah, it, it's a it's a comedy strip, you know, like it's supposed to be funny, and so I feel like that's that, that, that that's appropriate, you know. But I mean, like in my in my recap where I kind of said like, hey, here's just a page of these guys having password shenanigans, you know, where it's like. <laughs> You know, that's what it is. And so it just it's feels true. it just feels different than other things that are sort of feel more like, you know, desperate to try to get to the next point in the story or something like that, I guess. Mm. So, you know, it, again, not bad, just sort of like, you know, my 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 goal is always for action, you know, so I always want yeah. to have that. And like I mean that's, thrill thrill power is what we're judging a lot of this on, right? Indeed. But it's not to take away from the humor based trucking, it's really funny. And Bell Ardinelli is of course amazing drawing oh, like like, like that chickens little dust getting guy. High. Yeah, the little dust guy, just these two aces kind of moving around and stuff like that. There was some really funny parts. I forgot to call it out, but there is one part where they're crawling through the air ducts. And like one ace makes fun of the other ace's giant feet, which I always appreciate. Yeah, you know? just like wait, what? Come on, man, get the that the, the things out of there. Why are your feet so big? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> but yeah, so ace just barely, barely on the bottom. But you know, mm. when you put things in order, that's just how it shakes out sometimes. Really yeah. looking forward to more of that, though. And, you know, really missing Slain. I love this stuff, and I love oh. this story. Someday I'll I'll read these. I'll. We'll, I'll do these Dice Man comics, and that's going to be really... Uh, oh, I, I can't that, wait. That's going to be a really ridiculous Because that's going to be on the other series, right? Because I'm yeah. interested to see how you guys play through that. I re- Yeah, I, like at this point, I'm imagining it's going to be... Yeah, it'll be part of, of the retro show. Um, mm. But it might be a ways out because it comes after like tor- like a Star-Lord and Tornado. And oh, stuff. of course. But well, that's going to take a little while. I mean, well, you know, plans for the future. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, like as as I we talk about plans. my my 2020 plans for this show. Oh my god, know, whatever else. Anyhow, <sighs> with with that threat of podcasting. Oh I, my god! I hope everybody enjoys the show. Enjoyed the show as always. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Come back next time as Dread deals with gribblings, the uh? chicken agents get plucked. Johnny Alpha is in a lot of trouble, and Halo Jones goes out for the last time. What? And to Halo Jones next episode, man. Freak out. Oh, no. Yeah, start crying now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Conrad, no. I mean, 
it's it's it, it's a good cry. That's all I'll say. It's not like okay. Whatever. Anyhow, I, I've said too much already. I feel bad about it. Okay. <laughs> Until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox, and we are Space Dinner 2000. London. London.